Hello, we are Becky and Gabby, your micropolitan matchmakers, coming at you every Thursday to help you find big love in your small town. Each week, we'll cover everything from dating advice, dating love stories, and horror stories, interviews with other dating experts, and much more, all from the lens of dating in a small to medium-sized micropolitan region. Well, 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 hello, everyone. Well, well, well. (laughs) Well, well, well. Hello, everybody. Literally right before I hit record, Gabby said, I was going to save this for introducing the topic, but Gabby said, we're in a spicy mood today as we record. We are definitely the two of us together. Maximum (laughs) spice. (laughs) Maximum spice. That's us. We are the Spice Girls 2.0. This we are. Well, hey, everybody. It's Thursday, if you're listening in real time. And we are so excited to bring the Micropolitan Matchmaker Story Hour to an AirPod near you. <laughs> wow. She just, you can tell that Becky is a star of commercials, <laughs> of, you know, video, different video, marketing videos you might see out in the community. Like, she, she's the real deal. Thank you for clarifying marketing videos because the way you were saying spicy mood. <laughs> Freaky stuff going on here tonight on Mark Falton Matchmakers. Well, uh, we do promise a very spicy story hour, but I do have a heart take before we kick off. Hear it, Becky. So I have referenced a book and used it as a heart take before called Make Your Move by John Berger. Uh, But I was recently in one of my client sessions talking about offline dating. And in that book, it kind of made me think about one of the chapters is all about an offline dating challenge. So my heart take for everyone who is listening and single this week is to consider an offline dating challenge. It doesn't mean you have to get off of the apps if you're on them. Um, For some people, it helps to get off of them, take a little detox and try something a bit different. But an offline dating challenge, you know, he spells out a couple different things in his book. Um, But I would say it could be as much or as little as you want to challenge yourself. And hint, hint, this is a great opportunity if you want an accountability partner to look into working with a coach. This is something I do actually with a number of my clients, um, an offline dating challenge. But it could be things like going to two new restaurants in a month and sitting at the bar by yourself and just making friends while you have dinner or a drink. It could be reaching out to three friends who are in relationships you admire and seeing if they have any single friends that they might want to set you up with. It could be uh, if you see someone you find attractive at the grocery store, challenging yourself to make conversation and ask for their number. There's any number of ways, and and those go from really not scary to really scary. Um, So there is a whole spectrum and scope of things you could do as a part of an offline dating challenge. But if you write, I, I say pick a goal, write it down, hold yourself accountable, or ask a buddy or find a coach uh, to hold you accountable to those goals you're setting for yourself. Uh, but offline dating is huge. And, um, you know, the other thing that is a great offline dating challenge is looking into matchmaking services, which, you know, we're growing quickly. But if you are in the capital region, Gabby and I can help you with that as well. Yes, we can. And we also have some really fun, unique events coming up. And we actually just had an amazing event this past Sunday at um, Wolf Creek Preserve, 
Preserve Falls, which um, was a hike and what was supposed to be waterfalls, but there was no water because it hasn't rained in so long, but it was beautiful nonetheless. Um, and we had some amazing sparks and connection between people romantically and also just friendly connections. And so we have a summer full jam pack of events. So I say that's probably the best way to, you know, go outside the box a little bit and throw yourself out there. Hit up an event. Yeah, we have um, obviously our events coming up. There's also, if you don't live locally to where we're planning things, or even if you do, Meetup is an awesome app. I know a lot of people who attend various events through the Meetup app or the Meetup groups. Um, so there's like all different niche things you could find. If you really like to hike or you really like to kayak, there's all sorts of Meetup groups that are doing these activities that will help you, even if it's just introducing you to new friends. All of those friends have friends, and some of those friends are probably single. Yep. I love it. That was good hard take, Becky. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. Well, so we promised last week, we kind of teased, and this actually isn't even actively about dates that we are going on, but Gabby and I, we've got some stories. So we wanted to have a little Micropolitan Matchmaker story hour to give some illustrative examples of the highs and lows of dating in a smaller region. Um, so a lot of these stories uh, kind of have to do with like running into people or why why dating in a small town can be a good thing and why it can sometimes be a little bit of a headache. Yep. Just like everything, pros and cons. Well, should we start on uh, the negative side or the positive side? Well, okay. So I was thinking about it. The first story I want to tell, there is a, there is a, positive and a negative spin you could put on it. So I will leave it to you and to our listeners, but I'm, I'm happy to dive in because this is a, a pretty recent one. Let's hear it. So as anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a little bit knows, I uh, ended a relationship back in March um, that I had been in for about a year and I was having coffee with a relatively new friend and work connection of, of another woman uh, about my age bracket, um, which might be generous. I apologize to this person if you're much younger than me, but I'm pretty sure we're, we're close to the same age. And we talked about some work things that we had wanted to connect on and why we were meeting. And, you know, she leaned in and said, you know, I'm kind of curious about this dating stuff and, and what is this business that you have and tell me more. And we got to talking and she had shared that, you know, she has been single for a little while and really finding the motivation to date has been difficult. She said, you know, as an example, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, as an example, like I have a date coming up with this guy on Sunday and he's uh, all, he checks all these boxes. He's tall and he does this, I'll, you know, leave it blank uh, to protect the innocent for a living. And just, you know, there's a lot of qualities and whatever. And um, those qualities she was mentioning were very uh, specific to someone that I know. And I leaned in and I asked where this person lived and she said it. And I had that kind of, oh shit moment of, wow, this has never happened to me before. And that snap of a realization. And as it turned out, the date that she was mentioning was with my most recent ex. <laughs> oh, that's so awkward. How did you, how did you feel about it? Like what emotion went through your your heart and brain at first. For one, it felt a little interesting to me that they were already back on the scene. Um, but you know what? To each their own. I, you know, when you end a relationship, you no longer have responsibility for that person. Um, 
and certainly I'm back on the scene as well, but I would have maybe thought there'd be some work on oneself that would have happened, I think. So there was a little bit of surprise. And then there was that um, interesting kind of funny, like, do I or don't I moment and, you know, of, of saying that I know who this person right. is. But I felt like I had to because regardless of where that went, and I would never say, don't go out with this person or, you know, do and then tell me about it. Like there's a whole spectrum of things I could have done in that scenario. I just shared briefly what my experience was, um, the pros and the cons, and said, you know, I would never tell you what to do. You kind of decide in that situation. I was like, and I did make a joke, like, if you do go, I'm dying to hear all about it. So we'll have to hang out again. Um, but I made the choice to say something. I think um, I would always rather err on the side of honesty because say they did get together, um, I wouldn't have wanted any of that to be a surprise on anyone. Um, so I, I think in this case, it was the right thing for me to do, to share. So it was just weird out of all the years off and on dating, especially experimenting with online dating. Cause that is how I met him was, was through hinge right. um, that that had never happened to me before. That is a very interesting. Yeah. That is like, what is the universe trying to tell you? I don't know. Cause she could literally could have been on going on a date with literally anybody. Um, I mean, I definitely threw online dating in a small place um I have definitely gone on dates with other people that friends of mine have gone out with um not dated seriously but you know they might have gone on one or two dates with that person and it is interesting I think that there definitely are pros to it in terms of being able to you know find out if this person is who they say they are and um you know if the pictures are accurately depicting somebody um also Aside from that, you know, I had a friend of mine who matched up with one of my best friend's brother-in-law and I was kind of able to tell her, you know, like, I think you guys actually would be a great fit. I think you should go out on a date with him. He's awesome. He's really funny. He's fun. If anything, like you guys will just have a really great time. So that part is kind of cool about online dating. Like it is nice when those things happen, but it is super weird and ironic that that particular person you were with who was literally about to go on a date with your ex-boyfriend. And the timing was just like so interesting, again, is the word that I keep coming back to, but um, was so strange that I, it would have been weirder maybe if they had actually already gone out and it ended up coming right. up in conversation. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know, but I just felt like I needed to I also have zero poker face, so there was no way I was going to be able to withhold yeah. once I figured that out, that it was the same person that I had just spent, you know, nearly a year with. Um, but I do think that's really interesting. But to your point, you know, the negative is, you know, if you're sitting in her, she's like, oh God, like, where are all the men? Like, of course, like I meet someone that seems promising and there's this tie. But to your point, I think, and I try to look at the pro of dating in a smaller region and dating people that you might know or someone else might have experience with is kind of saving you time one way or another, like whatever you decide to do. Um, just having that little bit of background or, you know, vetting as people, you know, with setups, it's the same thing. When you can talk to someone with a little bit of experience, then you, you know, make your decisions for yourself. But I actually think that that is, I think that's a plus. And it almost a little bit forces people to be a, a wee bit more accountable than, you know, I've read some articles recently about dating in larger cities 
where people just don't give an ounce of a care about how they come off because there is this endless pool seemingly of people to swipe right. off. So I think, you know, one thing to kind of take note of, and hopefully we're all on our best behavior anyway, but for those that might have different motives, uh, mm-hmm. you sort of need to, yeah, hold yourself accountable because the pool is, is a little bit smaller. It's not small. And I think there's plenty of opportunities, plenty of fish in the sea. But if you have a network, like a lot of people do, people start to find out when you're behaving badly. Totally. And two, two points that piggyback off that. Um, if you remember, if you were listening to our podcast episode, I think about two weeks ago now, um, when Brendan and Danielle, the couple that met through Micropolitan Matchmakers, were talking about their first date and uh, leading up to the first time they met in person, which was about a month into talking, they did realize that they had a ton of mutual friends on Facebook. So Danielle specifically kind of asked around, you know, what do you know about this guy, Brendan? And is he a good guy? You know, do you you think we might be a good match? And I do think that is definitely gives people peace of mind when meeting up with a stranger, you know, someone you've never actually met before. That is nice. And that's why I think matchmaking is so great, because if you hire a matchmaker to do the due diligence for you to run the criminal background check, to spend some time with this person, to interview this person, to handpick this person, to curate a date for you, you know that it's just not some stranger off the street that you are meeting up and know literally nothing about, or you don't have any type of connection to that person. And that's why I think matchmaking is so powerful. I completely agree. There's that that vetting process. And it's the peace of mind, too. I think a lot of people worry, especially on apps, about ghosting. And, you know, we could do actually we should do a whole episode on ghosting and what that really means and what that really looks like and the reasons behind why that may or may not happen. But it is something that people have a lot of strong feelings about. And when you go out with someone that either you meet through friends or that have been vetted, like, uh, you know, you meet on hinge, but you know, someone that they know, I think that, um, there is more accountability is the word that keeps coming back, but it's true that like, even if it's not a match, you will have some level of closure. Yeah. I totally isn't just going to disappear. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, so Speaking of all of these positive things, I mean, there's positive spins on every story we tell. Um, one of my biggest issues with dating in a small to medium-sized region is the fact that I feel that many people that I've had true connections with here, they're using the capital region as a stepping stone to a bigger city. So, for example, you know, they might have graduated college, came here, found a job worked at this job for five years, gained some really great experience, made some great connections, but their next move is to go to Boston. Their next move is to go to LA. Their next move is to go to Miami. So that part has been frustrating because there have been three connections that I can think of where I've gone on a really great couple of dates with these people. And they were like, just FYI, I applied to all of these jobs in LA. I applied to all of these jobs here and there because they want that like big city dream. So that part has been quite frustrating for me. And also, too, it's frustrating when you love the place where you live so much and see so much potential in it. And that person is completely negating that potential of that place. It's like, yes, you want to do that. 
in LA, but why can't you do that here? You can make such a great impact as a young person, um, you know, in this particular case here in this field, it's, that part can definitely be frustrating. Have you ever experienced something like that? Becky? You know, that is not something I've experienced firsthand. I have been in a long distance relationship that, you know, when everything started, there was no, I was actually so surprised that it went down the way that it did that we hadn't really discussed how that would all look. I think I was young enough at the time where I probably, if that had worked out, would have thought about moving myself, despite how much I actually love it here. I do think the older we get, the more rooted we become. That's not across the board, but I, I think that that problem might be alleviated once, like when you're dating slightly older folks who are a little bit more settled. Cause I know, um, as you're like late twenties into early thirties, there's still a lot of career momentum and movement that takes place. Um, I agree that that is a really tough spot to be in. I think the biggest thing that that is tied to in the way you can, it's not even about getting around it because you can't sell someone on living somewhere that they don't necessarily want to live in. I think it ties back to values and the type of place, not to say that someone who wants to live in a big city doesn't have good values, but what they value in terms of where they live, what they're looking for. If those things, those lifestyle values are not in alignment, that person is probably not your person. And as much as it sucks and feels frustrating, you might need to let that go. It, it, it because you don't want the same things out of the life that you are choosing to live. Um, Certainly, it's something I've thought of a lot as I knew I wanted to settle here when I, I moved back to the area in 2012. And, you know, someday I might retire somewhere warm. But other than that, this is where I'm choosing to build my life and my career. And it's because I value the things about this smaller mm -hmm. to medium-sized region. And part of it is actually that size. Like, I, I like that. I like that I can feel like I can have a bigger impact in this place because I'm not fighting against millions of other people, like in a New York City or a Chicago. I like to know that I can join a board and have an impact on something, whereas in New York City, a similar organization might have a waiting list a mile wide for something like that. You know, there's a lot of reasons, in addition to my family being here, that this is home for yeah. me. Um, totally. So it's, it's not about the person. It's about the lifestyle values. And if those aren't in alignment, it's not the place that you live that's going to and that there's probably other things that make that not a match. So true. And I think it was so amazing the way you just explained that. But when those dates were happening and I was super into this person and could see myself with this person in the future, but obviously, again, like our lifestyle values were not lining up. It made me think, like, maybe I should move to New York City or maybe I should move to LA and these places because it feels like, there at the time that there was so much opportunity there that there were people just living this like fast paced life and people were falling in love like sex in the city right and then I had to really take a step back and be like just to your point I need to find somebody who's on that same who has the same goals as I do in terms of the life I want to live in my 30s my 40s my 50s if I want to have kids what kind of environment do I want my kids to grow up in you know that type of thing but it definitely is frustrating and I know a lot of people say that they move to big cities for love but I I just really don't think that alone is the best reason to move I just really don't 
And there's so there's such a spectrum of choice when it comes to things like that. I mean, you could have stepped back, taken that step back that you said to think about it and been like, wow, you know, I've never done this before. Like maybe it would be really fun to move to a big city and not even necessarily to follow any one of those potential matches, but because it was an experience that you wanted to have. Yes. And that's okay. It's literally the, the, piece of it that's important is looking at what you actually want, not making the decision because of someone else, you know, and once you hit a certain point in a relationship, that person, you know, you make commitments to each other, that person does factor into the decision of where you live. But, you know, that early on to move somewhere because of someone else, that is potentially a bit extreme. Are there cases and wonderful stories where those things work out and they work out beautifully? Absolutely. Are there an equal, if not more amount of stories where those things crash and burn very quickly. Also, absolutely. You know, it's, it, it, there are exceptions to every rule, but I think in the, the big scheme of things, you need to make your decisions based on you first and what you actually really want. Right. And it's totally possible to find love in your small to medium sized city. Like I, I want to just scream that from the rooftops because I feel like I hear so many people say that, you know, in these, in Albany and Schenectady where, where we live, that many people are just kind of with their high school sweethearts and they're never able to meet new people. And I think that, you know, through the experience of building and launching Micropolitan Matchmakers and meeting all of the people that we have that we've never come across on apps that we would have never we might have never met in real life if, if we didn't curate these events and th this community. Um, I think it's so important to really put yourself out there in new groups and in new settings and say yes to certain things um, where you might meet people, you know, whether it's to make really great friends or find that romantic connection, but it definitely is possible. I haven't found it yet, but if I do, I will let you know. Well, no, I you say that. I mean, I have so many examples in my life of when that has worked out and led to relationships. Those relationships didn't lead ultimately to marriage. Obviously, I am single, but you know, I count all of those things as wins and as experiences that are valuable to my life. I think, you know, one of the other stories I was joking with you about, you know, talking about tonight is um, all of this like community involvement and things that I've cultivated and over the years. Um, you know, I dated one person for a little while who I had met at, at a number of community events and always had maybe like a little bit of flirtation, but was, you know, at that point in my life, um, not sure if I was reading it correctly or, or what. And it took, um, going to a masquerade party and being dressed in a full on head to toe, including like silver body paint costume. Yeah. I was wearing a gown as well, just to clarify, um, for me to have the courage to be like, Hey, are you going to ask me for my number after all this time or what? And you know, that relationship was not the right thing for me and it didn't work out, but we actually saw each other for quite some time. And, you know, again, that, that was a win. That was a confidence boost for me. And that was one example of all of these things that I'm involved in and that I go to, you know, you do encounter people. That person wasn't on it. Most of, I have met and dated people from dating apps, but I am not doing the apps anymore because the majority of really positive relationships that I've had in my life have not come from those outlets. Yeah. Um, that's a really great story. And I love that you did that. I think it's so flirty and fun and cute. But <laughs> I, another reason I love dating in a small place is the fact that I too see people 
at different events or gatherings or we have mutual friends and I've never actually had connections with that person. But there was one instance where there was this guy that I was very attracted to and I kept seeing him everywhere. And so we did finally connect. We met, we saw each other at this bar and we were talking like, oh, I see you everywhere. Like, who do you know? Who do I know type thing? But I wasn't quite sure if he was single based on like some things that I've heard. But then like two weeks later, I saw him on Hinge. So what's cool about this, you know, is like I could confirm that he indeed was single and we actually did go out on a couple of dates, but it was kind of cool to have that affirmation like, oh, I was able to find him really easily on here and he is single and I'm going to shoot my shot. So. Which is really funny because I joke all the time about people who will like be at a bar full of people and then like start swiping <laughs> like while they're there instead of taking advantage of the moment. Yeah. Um, but I get it. And I actually also have done that. I was in this like networking group with someone who I had like kind of a joking crush on because he was a little younger than me um, for a while or maybe a lot younger than me. It's fine. But um, at one point, then I decided to go back on dating apps. This was years ago now and found him. And I was like, oh, I guess he is single. And like we had this like funny little banter back and forth and determined that we had both like thought each other were attractive and we went out um clearly again not the match for me but it is a funny story and i i, I just like warn it, it's if you want to find out and they are on dating apps like you can at least you know you're gonna find them because you can kind of scroll through a lot very quickly yeah. in for sure to confirm yeah. but also important not to be discouraged if you do not find someone on those apps. And um, that's where it helps to just ask the question if you can, you know, work up the courage to do that flirtatiously, because there are also a ton of people who are single who are choosing not to meet people online as well. So be careful. Very true. I have met some of the most amazing men I have ever met who are not on dating apps or who are no longer on dating apps. But as we wrap up, I do want to kind of give another heart take at the end of our episode. Oh, a double heart take. So I was on Hinge last night and I stumbled across this guy's profile. And one of his prompts were, I'm convinced that dot, dot, dot. And what he said was that 5% of the people on this app are actually intentionally searching for something, some type of relationship, whether it's a fling or a relationship and 90%, 95% of you are just bored. And so what I want to say about this is that I really, and I'm so guilty of this. Like a lot of times I am just bored and I'm swiping and someone reaches out to me and I don't have the energy to reach back. But I really feel like if you are truly looking for connection, that you should be intentional about your time on the dating apps and truly go into it with a mindset of I'm looking for X, Y, and Z, and I'm actually ready to put the emotional effort, the time and the energy into finding that person on this app. I don't think it's fair to yourself. And I don't think it's fair to other people that you might match with if you are not actually being intentional about your dating app experience. And I think that's why so many people are frustrated with dating apps is because they're not actually being intentional whether it's you or the other person not being intentional. Um, but that is definitely my piece of advice because the time, if I can think about the times I've used dating apps and when I was actually intentional about meeting someone versus when I was just doing it because I was bored, I actually have made some really great connections through the intentional mindset there. 
You're so right. And it's a really interesting balance. And this is yet another thing that I work with my clients on who do decide to stay on dating apps. There's this like really tough fine line between how much activity you should be doing to keep yourself sane and to be intentional and to only talk to like a handful of people at a time. So you're not overwhelmed and what you need to do to like stay relevant on the algorithm. It's really frustrating and the algorithms change all the time, but I would always err on the side of like, maybe swipe on four people a day, either way. Right. Like depending on what app you're on and like how it works and like conversations. And it's not because you need you should only be dating one person at a time because it's not fair. No, you should only be talking to a handful of people at a time so you can suss out the differences in them and decide if you want to go on a date with that person. And if you go on a date, do you want to go on a second date? Just to give yourself some focus because the more we treat it like a job and this idea of quantity over quality, at least to get to that quality person, like we hear all the time, it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. It only takes one. That's true. It only takes one. But if you're burning out in the process, the energy you're bringing to these dates or these conversations, I'm guilty of this too, is awful. When you're just having the same conversation again, asking the same tired questions, you know, to be intentional is to really be open to someone's energy, to be open to learning about that person, to be asking good questions, to be engaged in it. Um, You know, my big other, I guess, heart take part three, if we're talking about this specific topic is don't wait, like do not talk to people for weeks at a time, you know, obviously distance jobs, whatever schedules can make this difficult, but meet if you are interested in someone meet as soon as possible to determine that in-person connection. And if that person keeps pushing you off for a date, they're probably one of those, you know, I don't think 90% of the people are just bored, but they're probably one of those people that are using the app for an eco boost and are just bored and not actually looking for a real connection and a relationship. Totally. And to go on my my success story with Hinge because I have had a few success stories where I've dated people like really awesome people for a few months at a time. Um, Each of those people were people I set up a date with probably within three to four days of texting and messaging. I'm very adamant about that because life gets busy. I mean, even with your friends, you know, like trying to text your friends and see what's up and coordinate. You need to do that right off the bat. If you're truly interested with that person in that person, because it's just going to fizzle just because that's life, you know? So that's good piece of advice. It's so true. And I think like, and I know we're getting to time, but you know, to add on to what you said, it's easy to not make people a priority when they're not real to you. And someone is not real to you until you meet in real life. So we all kind of have to give ourselves and give other people a little bit of grace in that process too, because if someone blows you off that, that you haven't met yet, yeah, it sucks. And is there disappointment? Like, Sure, but you're not really real to them. Like you got to get to that point. If they keep blowing you off, yes, that is a sign that they are not your person. But like, give everybody a little bit of a break. If they come in and out of messages, everybody's talking to multiple people. They might be carrying on a conversation with one person for a little bit longer. It's not anything to do with you or something you did wrong or that you're not good. Like we just beat up on ourselves and on each other about a lot of things. And I think if we gave people smartly gave people a little bit more grace. I'm not saying let people walk on you. I think we all might be a little bit more sane navigating, especially the journey of online dating for those who are choosing to go that route. Totally agree. I think that is a wonderful note to leave off on. I love it. 
Well, st stories have been a blast as always. How fun. We got to think of other story time <laughs> themes to talk about. Well, and, and if anyone out there listening would like to share, I have a couple people in mind, um, one of whom I know will listen to this episode for sure. So you know who you are and I'm coming for you. Um, but who wants to share some small town dating stories or medium region dating stories with us? Um, we would love to dissect your dating history <laughs> on yes. our podcast. On all social media platforms, <laughs> the whole entire world. We would love yep. to do that. So please yep. reach out to us. <laughs> like us, email us, leave us a review, follow us on all the things. All that information will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have a wonderful week. We will see you Love next you time. All. Bye, see guys. You. Bye.